The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey everyone, welcome to the show today. I hope you had a great Memorial Day. I hope you remember what it was. Because I always tell people, I know, you know everyone gets together, everyone has a nice time, but it isn't just about watermelon, swimming, cookouts. You know, it's about men and women we've lost in this country for our freedom. So um, a special, uh, you know, word to family members that have lost someone, you know, in the service. And just know this, we appreciate what they did for us. And also a real special shout-out to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko is always there with me, always fighting the fight. Hello, Yoshiko. I know you're saying hello back. And here we are today getting ready for summertime. And how appropriate that we would start with two people who are very bright, sunny, wonderful people that I really like so much. As you all know, we have national people on the show frequently, but I always have a Pittsburgh show. Always have a Pittsburgh show. Anyone that knows me knows I'm a hardcore Pittsburgher, love Pittsburgh. And by the way, go Penguins, but I love this city. And here are two people that are doing so much. You know, I just recently met Heather uh, Lacco, the Director of Programs for Seniors and People with Disabilities from the United Way, and she is just such a delightful person uh, and so committed. You know, I really enjoyed meeting her. Now, Mary Esther Vanshura, the Director of Community Affairs for Allegheny County Office of the Chief Executive, I've known for a very long time. And may I tell you, she is a national advocate for people living with disabilities. She's wonderful. She's my friend, uh, Mary Esther and Heather. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce, so much. Well, Mary Esther, I'm going to start with you. Um, I already mentioned your title, but would you share with our listeners what your current role is in Allegheny County, how you became involved with the United Way, and actually how this road of disability advocacy um, is something that you've spent so much time with. Okay. Um, Currently, uh, Joyce, as you mentioned, I'm the Director of Community Affairs for uh, Allegheny County Office of uh, County Executive Rich Fitzgerald. And in that capacity, I focus on a broad spectrum of issues, but 
Uh, one that has a special interest, of course, is the field of disabilities. Um, actually came to Allegheny County back in the early 1980s uh, to work on a project um, that ensured that those living in state institutions would have the opportunity to live in our communities and share all the liberties that all the rest of us do. And so I actually have a long history of, of that uh, involvement in the field of disabilities um, throughout my journey of life. Um, but what happened in really the last few years, the way I became involved with United Way, was that I was really taken aback with the census data that said approximately 40% of young adults with disabilities are not employed or enrolled in education. And recognizing the significant number of students that graduate, about 1,000 a year in, in our county alone, I thought it was really important that we began to realize why can't our youth with disability have the same dreams, but most importantly, uh, can fulfill those dreams. And that, that's really how I became involved in the initiative. Well, actually, you know, we get a lot of questions sent to us before the show. So, Mary Esther, here's one mm-hmm. for you, and it is from Linda. How would you describe... Rich Fitzgerald. County uh, uh, Executive Fitzgerald is, is a very passionate individual that has given a significant uh, attention to this issue. Um, I think for folks that know me, um, I've been given the opportunity to spend a significant amount of time uh, developing a variety of projects, one, of course, that we'll talk about a little later today. But uh, what I find with the executive is that um, when it comes to um, his commitment, it, it's, it's broad, but it's also deep. And as you know, um, Joyce, he also was our committee uh, called Allegheny 365 when he was a member of county council and um, was very, very committed to the realization that uh, individuals with disabilities should share in the economic vitality of our county. And I know him also, uh, Linda, and I can tell you, he is the real deal. I mean, there have been times I've asked him, hey, could you be at this disability event? And he's there. Mm -hmm. I mean, he really, really cares, uh, really, really a good person. Mm -hmm. And Heather, what do you do for the United Way, and how did you get involved in this area? Thanks, Joyce, and thanks again for having me on the show. I'm really proud to be a part of the Pittsburgh show. Um, so, so at United Way, I direct our work that supports individuals with disabilities and older adults. So, you know, United Way does a couple of things. We give grants to human service nonprofits, and part of my job is to make sure that those grants are meeting their goals, and I help the agencies if they aren't, um, much like a program officer at a foundation. But there's a whole other side to the work where we focus on making broader systems change by piloting new ideas, advocating for smart public policy, convening groups, you know, all sorts of activities to try to fill in the gaps that human service programs might not have the capacity to fill. It's, it's really exciting work. Um, Southwestern Pennsylvania has a really strong nonprofit community, and local government is very committed and a wonderful partner, and so we're really able to get things done. 
For example, um, just last week we celebrated um, Governor Wolf, Pennsylvania's Governor Wolf, signing um, a bill that United Way really spearheaded to help young adults in high school get jobs, young adults with disabilities in high school get jobs to help set them up for employment for the rest of their life. And we've worked on it for about a year, and it and it passed, and it was a great celebration, and we're just so proud of the work. And you know, in terms of how I became involved in this area. Prior to coming to United Way, I hadn't worked a whole lot in with the disability community, but I will say that the more that I learn and the more people I meet who are really passionate about this issue, the more passionate that I become. Because just as Mary Esther said, you know, it is not okay that those employment statistics haven't changed in 20 years. I, and, and we really, you know, there's a lot of strength in bringing people together to make change. It's really exciting. Well, you know, this show is heard across the United States, so I want to point out something. <clears throat> what Governor Wolf did is spectacular. What Heather was talking about, this House bill, is it 440? 400. Four, pardon me? House Bill 400. Yeah, House Bill 400. This is phenomenal, that we would have a governor that signs this that high school students with disabilities would be able to work while they're in high school because, you know, having that skill, having that experience, having an internship uh, or, 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 you know, apprenticeship or whatever it would be does so much to prepare someone for employment and gives them that edge. And I am so proud of you, Heather, and all the work that your group did uh, to make this happen. I mean, I just think this is a great national story, House Bill 400. I just think it's great because I know very well how many high school students with disabilities fall off into the cracks, forgotten about, and don't gain a chance to work. I mean, it's really terrible. So, you know, I'm so excited about this, and why I'm emphasizing this is whatever state you live in, you need to read about this and try to get this going in your state because it will make a difference. So, Heather, what is 21 Enable, and how did it get started? Thanks, Joyce. I'm, I'm going to say one more thing about House Bill 400 for the listeners. Um, what's really special about the way that the advocacy occurred for this particular piece of legislation is that it was a campaign, a selfie campaign led by young adults with disabilities, and it's called hashtag I want to work. And you can look that up online and see um, pictures. We were reaching, I think, over 20,000 people on social media per month, and a lot of young adults with disabilities were mobilized across Pennsylvania taking selfies with their legislators. Um, it was a very grassroots uh, process that yielded really exciting results. So thanks, Joyce, for kind of zeroing in on that. I appreciate it. I know one of those leaders, Josie Badger. Uh, PhD, and she is phenomenal. I am glad you brought that up because nothing about us without us. Ha having this run happen by people with disabilities, you've got to go to that. I want to work.com. Hashtag I want to work.com. It is powerful. It is phenomenal. Um, so thank you for, for pointing that out. Go ahead, Heather. 21 Enable. Sorry, thanks. So 21 Enable started in 2011 
um, a local community leader, she's actually a national leader, but um, Cindy Shapira, who was on the United Way board at that time, was really worried about the bleak futures that many of her friends' children with disabilities faced after high school. Um, you know, she was really concerned. Her friends were talking to her about the fact that so many of these young adults had a very successful time in school, and then when they, when they graduated, there wasn't anything for them. They graduated to the couch. You know, this is the phenomenon where these young people do not have jobs or secondary edu- post-secondary education to look forward to after they graduate. So they sit at home losing the skills that they worked so hard to build in school. And it's, you know, it's tough on the individual and it's tough on the families. And so United Way decided to take on this challenge. The United Way of Southwestern Pennsylvania is one of the few United Ways in the nation that has a specific focus area on supporting individuals who are living with disabilities. And so in 2011, 21 and Able was established, and it really is established to highlight the abilities of young adults with disabilities and make sure that they have better options for a a successful transition from school to adulthood. And what we're really trying to do is coordinate the systems, um, get the individuals themselves as well as families, communities, including the business community, together to lead some change. We have... Um, as I said, business and human service leaders, disability service providers, legislators, and of course the young adults with disabilities and their families across southwestern Pennsylvania. And the goal is to work toward um, improving lives of people with disabilities and their families. We've kind of approached it from two areas. One is developing a public policy agenda and coordinating advocacy efforts, both locally and state as well as nationally, to make sure there's good systems change. Then the second thing we do is design and launch pilot projects that address the needs of youth with disabilities and their families. 21 Enable has three priority areas right now. One is how do we increase the amount of accessible housing for individuals with disabilities in Allegheny County. Our second priority is how do we help those families who have a loved one with very complex needs, meaning they need one-on-one support or two-on-one support because of medical or behavioral fragility and, you know, really help them have meaningful community participation. And then thirdly, we have a focus on employment. And that's, you know, what we're here to talk about today. Now, let me ask you this. For our listeners, what is the difference between 21 and ABLE and I Want to Work? I Want to Work is one of the projects underneath the umbrella of 21 and ABLE. 21 and ABLE sponsors all sorts of um, systems change efforts and pilot programs, and the I Want to Work campaign is one, one project underneath the 21 and ABLE umbrella. And all of this is under the United Way. Correct. All of this is under the United Way of Southwestern Pennsylvania, which serves um, a few counties in the Pittsburgh region of Pennsylvania. And I just want to say uh, the United Way here in Pittsburgh, really good, really have done so much. You know, I know Cindy Shapira, and of course, Cindy and David are such great disability leaders. Um, They are the first. Uh, you know, Giant Eagle, owners of Giant Eagle, they are the first corporation that was hiring people with disabilities, really, even while I was in executive search and before Bender Consulting Services. And I remember when I met Cindy and Cindy telling me about 21 and Able and what's going to happen to these kids 
uh, after, you know, where, where will they go? What will they do? Um, and, you know, the, the genius of this, because really, to be honest with you, very few people think about that, that part. And uh, that's why I think this is so great, you know, and, and has, has done so much to bring, bring that out. And, you know, my hat's off to Cindy Shapira because she and David live it. I mean, they are great, great people that really believe in the employment of people with disabilities. So, Mary Esther, I'm going to move over to you for a minute. Um, I thought we could talk about the Career Transition Project could you explain that to our listeners uh, across the country? Yes, Joyce. Actually, it was somewhat serendipitous. It was actually following a discussion I had with Cindy Shapira that you referenced that you know, what could we do differently to change this, these unsettling statistics of the lack of employment for our youth with disabilities? And happened to see um, an article um, a, in which they talked about the embedded journalist in the military. And essentially what they concluded is that the journalist that was embedded in the military unit, the, their reporting was, was more in, um, descriptive. I think it had significant more insights into the actions and the culture of the military. Uh, taking that concept then we then adapted it to what we're calling a career transition project. And essentially what we recognize that although our students were trained and educated in our schools, the understanding of the business culture and the actual uh, specifics of the day-to-day needs of that particular business is not always recognized. And so we decided to, in essence, sort of flip the, um, the the career uh, transition professional, rather than uh, being have, residing in the school, having their desk at the school, we decided that it would, would be better served, just like the military, to have that career transition professional in the business. We then looked at a business case, and Joyce, you have not been a, there's no better champion of the business case than you. It wasn't just a matter of looking at the social need, but more importantly, it was the economic need, both for the business and for the individual. We know that when our individuals with disabilities are hired, we have significant re, um, uh, retention rates, we have great success, and we actually have a significant positive impact on the culture of the business. So we can make the case that it would be appropriate and really economically beneficial to a company to have our individuals hired. But to do that, we needed to someone within, so to speak, the belly of the organization that could really understand the culture, that could be there, understand, do all the task analysis, that understood that corporations would adopt our, our uh, process if we had a well-vetted model, that individuals um, uh, with disabilities and their co-workers have a stake in each other's performance capacity and that if we could develop a process in which they are partners um, in their mutual employment success. And additionally, we recognize that the human service agencies that have specialized expertise that we wanted them to be very, very much a part of the process as well. 
And so that the career transitional professional is actually an individual from one of our uh, human service agencies in our county that brings uh, expertise, but also then allows them to understand what does the business really, really need. Um, And because of that, we've been extremely successful. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But in a sense, it's, it's really understanding the business culture. You can't understand the culture from afar. You have to be um, right embedded in in the organization. Oh, I agree 100%. Uh, you know, for 15 years, I know you know, uh, Mary Esther, about the Bender Leadership Academy that I do on a volunteer basis for high school students with disabilities to teach them about leadership, interviewing, uh, how to fight bullying, you know, the whole world of work. I know you were to uh, more than one of our meetings, but you know when I first started that, one of the things was they had to dress in business casual and they had to go to a company every day because just as you said, you can't get it in school that this is how corporate America is. And then I would have different uh, leaders at the company, such as now at Covestro, Highmark, uh, Calgon Carbon, and, and CSC in Delaware, come in and speak. And I am telling you, until someone gets that experience, or in your case, actually work experience, uh, the, you know, they don't get it. They, they won't get it. And it is all about business in the bottom line. That's really what it is all about, um, or it won't work. It won't happen. So, Heather, let's talk about Giant Eagle. What happened there? So Giant Eagle was our pilot company, and they started in August of 2013. We did a two-year pilot with them, and their results are pretty spectacular. Um, they, they had set a goal to hire 24 people over the course of two years. And by the end of the pilot, they had hired over 65 individuals with disabilities. Now, for Giant Eagle, they have long time been a champion of hiring individuals with disabilities. But, <clears throat> excuse me, Jeremy Shapira, who is the, um, the internal champion of this project, would be the first to tell you that this project definitely made a difference even to a company who already had a deep commitment to hiring individuals with disabilities. He would tell you that, you know, there are three really big indicators of success for him related to this project, one being that it really forced them to be more strategic about their hiring of individuals with disabilities. Um, As I said, they've always been a champion and really regarded in the community as someone, someone who hires individuals with disabilities, but this really kind of ramped up their efforts in a very intentional way. You know, another thing, that, another indicator of success was really recognizing that benefit of the embedded professional. As Mary Esther was describing, this embedded professional brings their own expertise as well as a network of, of experts in the nonprofit human services sector who know how to do this. So it really relieves the company from having to understand the ins and outs of the disability community. And really, you know, that, that's the role of this embedded professional. And Giant Eagle really felt like that was an important piece of what this, what this project brought to them. In addition to that, helping to educate their employee base about how to hire people with disabilities, how to retain people with disabilities, um, really teaching the team leaders how to do this on their own so that, you know, it's sort of, a, you know, let's see if this embedded professional can work 
work herself out of a job by equipping the staff with the skills they need to, to be more competent. And then, you know, of course, the, these stellar hiring numbers. You know, in addition to th- those 65 that were hired in the pilot, they expanded the project to go beyond just hiring high school students to hiring adults. And then they also expanded the project into their Cleveland and now their Columbus markets. So they have had 148 hires because of this project since 2013, you know, in two and a half years. And of that, you know, 94 of them are high school students ages 16 to 21, and 54 are adults over 21. So we're, we're really thrilled with, with the outcomes, and, and we're not done yet. They continue to grow and expand, and, and they're a wonderful partner even today. Yeah, they are, they are. And Jeremy Shapira, I know he is wonderful, and he's told me about this. You know, starting, okay, this is, all, this is what we'll do, wondering can we ever even do that, and now look what has happened. But it's all about business. You know, they would never do this just for charitable reasons. They see the value to the bottom line, and that is so much what makes a difference. Just as Mary Esther said, you have to explain to companies that when you hire people with disabilities – you know retention costs are astronomical. And now you have people that appreciate work, want to work, and have one of the highest attendance records of any, any protected class group. Then you have this unlimited labor pool that has been untapped, you know, that is there for companies. Uh, and you have people that just have such gratitude are so grateful. I mean, you know, I always say to companies, look out. Our goal is not to come in there and you feel sorry for us. Our goal is to come in there and take your job because that's really what it's all about, competing, competing in the workforce. And anyone that knows me and anyone that is listening right now knows I'm all about no pity. You know, people with disabilities don't want pity. They want paychecks. It is all about the bottom line, bringing value to the bottom line, and that is what this project is all about. And with that, we're going to go to break. I first thank you, Highmark and Covestra, who sponsor this show. Such great companies they are. We're going to break, and then we'll be right back with Mary Esther and Heather. This is Joyce Bender. America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. 
One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. And you know what? Thank you to all the listeners. Just so you know, you are helping me change the way people think just by following this show. And I could never thank you enough. You, without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. Um, And we're with Mary Esther Vanshura, Director of Community Affairs for Allegheny County Office of the Chief Executive, and Heather Sedlacko, Director of Programs for Seniors and People with Disabilities from the United Way of Allegheny County. I wanted to ask uh, first, Heather, what is the difference between this embedded career transitional professional? How is that different from a job coach? So, Joyce, it it differs in in several ways. So, while this embedded professional does have a vocational rehab background and may have been a job coach and, you know, prior to becoming the embedded professional, this person's job really is not to provide the day-to-day hands-on job coaching to help that person learn how to do their job. This person is more of a connector. They really are there from application, you know, job, from the time the person applies for the job all the way until maybe six months down the road when they have a change in manager and they need, you know, some additional support to really make sure that this, this, this potential employee gets the help they need to be successful. So, for example, um, at Giant Eagle, the embedded professional may be working um, with the high school Maybe this person doesn't have an identification which is required to get a job in Pennsylvania. Maybe they don't have the right clothes. So this embedded professional starts there, helping the family understand what does it mean, you know, how's this person going to get to and from, you know, are you prepared to drive this person or are we going to train them how to use public transportation, you know, is this person going to learn how to use public transportation? It's all those things. It's also working with the employer which is a huge part of it, and helping um, make sure that the employer is prepared, whether it's for an interview or for making any kind of needed accommodations. 
um, you know, making sure that the job coach is, is connected when that job coach needs to be connected on the job. And the other thing the embedded professional does is, as I had alluded, was, you know, once this person is hired and they're working, you know, sometimes people have a stumble in their job. Maybe it's a manager changes and the, the employee's having trouble adjusting to a new manager. This embedded professional can step in, work with the manager and with the individual to kind of smooth any bumps in the road so that this person can retain their employment as well. And so it's, it's definitely, um, it's sort of a, as I said, a connector, a concierge of sorts to make sure that this person gets everything they need. And the, the one, Mary Esther talked about this at the beginning, but, you know, the, this person's job, this embedded professional's job is really to understand the business model, the mission, and the culture of the corporation, and really to understand all the jobs at the company, the responsibilities, the tasks, the qualifications, so that they can, you know, he or she, that embedded professional, can really help that individual be successful and get what they need to be successful in the job. Yeah, and I think that's very important for everyone to understand because there's a big difference here. You know, there's a big difference between I need to be there to help the person do the job versus I need to be there for the business. I mean, of course, you're helping the person succeed, uh, you know, through doing this, but I I think that is very, very important, um, and that's why I wanted you to explain it. Hey, Mary Esther, I think Mm -hmm. are you not also – this program, isn't it also going on at the University of Pittsburgh? Yes, the, uh, the model was so successful that we realized that just limiting it to our youth with disability would probably not, uh, was really counterproductive to our overall goal of to ensuring increased employment for individuals with disabilities. And in fact, in the original design of the career transition uh, program, we had always um, envisioned that this model could be replicated in the world of retail, as we see in John Eagle, um, academia, um, government, uh, perhaps even in healthcare or finance. And so the model was really designed in a way that each of those sectors could embrace it. And we're delighted that as of last July, um, University of Pittsburgh adopted this model because they were so impressed with the uh, results that we had um, uh, achieved in, in John Eagle. In fact, it was one of the first actions by the, our new Chancellor Gallagher to to adopt this at uh, the University of Pittsburgh. Because of the job uh, jobs at the university, uh, we are focused on adults with disabilities that have a range of um, educational backgrounds, and so that can be um, individuals with high school, but we're actually looking to um, match individuals with um, the academic credentials that would fit the, the needs of the university. And they're having just tremendous uh, success with this project. And more recently, um, the Allegheny County uh, adopted this uh, successful model as well obviously with the uh, commitment that the county executive Fitzgerald made to this, it was, um, it was only logical um, that we would uh, adopt this, this model. We actually just started uh, the process just literally a few weeks ago. So our new embedded uh, professional is really uh, learning all aspects of the culture of the county and the broad spectrum of jobs that are available to individuals with disabilities. 
I should point out and one um, issue that emerges when one adopts an embedded model, aside from um, agreeing to um, commit to this approach, it generally what we do is we ask the um, employer to commit to two years of an embedded career transition uh, professional for their company. We then create a memorandum of understanding that delineates the specific um, task and under, um, that not only the career transition per- professional will perform, but also the um, uh, responsibilities that the uh, company that adopted this model uh, will be responsible for. We then also, um, third, have identification of a specific career transition liaison person from one of our local nonprofits that, as Heather said, have the expertise in this. That's a critical piece to this model because what we did not want to do is create another new nonprofit to act in this capacity of providing career transition liaisons. We really wanted the nonprofit community, as you know, Joyce in Pittsburgh, um, it is very rich. Um, we have a, a significant amount of nonprofits and are known nationally for our work with disabilities. So that, that was a, a key piece to this. And then also we have a commitment to the evaluation process. Um, we, don't, we want to make sure that when we're instituting this model that we are constantly in a process of evaluating um, the success of, of the model for that particular sector. Um, as we go on, we do um, plan to expand this model to other sectors and we're hopeful, hopeful uh, that after different businesses um, learn and hear of this uh, discussion today, that they will embrace this model. Okay. So, Heather, mm-hmm. what are the – this is a question that came in – what are the majority of the positions – so there, there is not a one-size-fits-all approach to this. So I can tell you that, you know, um, so far at the University of Pittsburgh, they have hired, um, they hired a human resources recruiter with a bachelor's degree. They hired um, a receptionist with a bachelor's degree. They've hired some people in housekeeping. Um, they even hired um, someone with a, with a JD. So it's really um, that all the positions at the University of Pittsburgh are open. And they have, you know, they've already talked to over 120 people who are interested in jobs at the university. And what the embedded professionals position is to do is sort of to match open positions with people's qualifications and interests. At Giant Eagle, they, they also had a wide range of positions that folks were able to obtain. You know, they, they had cashiers and, and people who collect the carts in the, in the, drive, in the um, parking lot, but the first hire was actually a meat wrapper. We also had some folks placed in the bakery who got jobs in the bakery. Um, so it really, there is not, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, how many of these jobs, is it all disabilities, or is there a concentration on people with intellectual disabilities? It is all disabilities. No concentration in any area? No. Mm -hmm. And the people that you're finding employment for so far, have the majority been high school students with disabilities? 
They have because of the Giant Eagle. Giant Eagle had a two-year head start on the rest of, you know, with the focus on high school students. Um, both Allegheny County and the University of Pittsburgh are focused on adults with disabilities who at least have a high school diploma. We're finding that a lot of the companies that we're talking with really are interested in adults with disabilities um, who have at least a high school education. Um, But we also haven't given up trying to find more employers who want to reach those high school students because we have such a deep commitment to that transition age and setting these young adults up for success in adulthood. So I just want to say that, you know, with WIOA, uh, there is a great opportunity here for companies hiring high school students with disabilities because when Senator Harkin, you know, did the revamp on the uh, workforce, uh, workforce Investment uh, Opportunity Act, you know what? He did such a great job now emphasizing instead high school students with disabilities. And I know a lot of money is being put in that. So, you know, this is a great opportunity uh, because the more resources you have, the more areas that you can work in. So I'm, I just want businesses to know this is really a great opportunity uh, for you. And you know what? I, I didn't ask you, who do you contact if you're interested in this? You can get in touch with me. Um, and, or, and, and my colleagues, I'll, we have a, a small team at United Way who works on this project. And um, I'm, Do you want me to share my email address or my phone sure, number? Sure, go ahead. Sure. So my, my phone number is area code 412-456-6832. And my email address is heather.sidlacko at uwac.org. Okay, and you know what? Let's get this straight. WIOA is the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. And as I said, from a federal level, a lot of money is going to go through vocational rehab uh, for high school students with disabilities and training, and I'm sure this can all get connected. So, you know, I think about this and I think, wow, you too. You do, you're doing such great stuff. So I'll start with you, Heather. There isn't anyone that has this passion and cares about people that isn't influenced in some way. So my question for you is who was or is your role model? So I was very, very fortunate to work with um, an advocate. Her name was Marianne Kelly. And when I was finishing up grad school, I did an internship with her at a, at a coalition called the Southwestern Pennsylvania Partnership for Aging. And this woman was just, she was fearless and the, one of the smartest people I've ever known. Um, she was someone who questioned the status quo, asked tough questions, but she was also a really good listener and took the time to help people understand what was going on and bring them up to speed and really thought about the greater good over any individual gain. Um, And she just, she unfortunately passed away um, about five years ago, maybe six years ago now, but, um, but she, she made, I worked with her for five years and it was, um, it will stay with me forever. Her passion and her, just her caring for people was, it's just a really special opportunity for me to get to work with her, work for her. Well, she had a great impact on you. That's for sure. 
So uh, how about you, Mary Esther? I think it was really as a child, my, my grandmother, my nonna, um, who when she came to America, I remember a discussion I had with her, and I asked her what gave her the courage to come to America. And, and she said it really wasn't about courage. It was that pursuit of freedom. And she really went on to encourage me that my life should be really about pursuing freedom. In fact, even in my office, I keep the Statue of Liberty on my desk, um, reminding myself every day that, you know, that's America is best when we serve those that are tired or poor or yearning to breathe free. That's, that's really what our mission is all about. And so for me, it's been a, a personal journey, but I, I think what um, I remembered from my, from my grandmother is that all of us have a responsibility in, in what we may think is just a small action may yield significant results. And so each day we have to remember that. Um, and that, that's, I think, is probably my role model. And then that was passed on to, of course, my mom and dad, who, who taught me about the, the beauty of resiliency. That well, no one I love, that. I love that story. Yeah. I love that story. I really do. Uh, yeah, and it is amazing the impact you can have uh, from someone. And you know what? I love the part about the Statue of Liberty. That is just awesome. You know, um, one thing I want to go back to, when I was talking about the uh, Workforce Investment Act, it was signed by President Clinton in 1998. That's what was uh, reauthorized with WIOA. One thing I wanted to mention is that I had the great honor of being there, you know, when it was signed. I'll never forget that, and what I can't imagine and believe is it seemed like it was the other day. Um, and then, you know, here we have Senator Harkin uh, with, under this president, really move forward uh, with WIOA. So I want to say again, 21 and ABLE, uh, Heather, do you go to the United Way's website? What do you do there? You do. So it's, it's the United Way of Southwestern Pennsylvania. And once you get on there, there's a page for 21 Enable, and you can find out more about it. You can get our contact information. You can sign up for our, you know, we send out updates every week, in fact, about what's going on in transition. And we would, we'd be happy to talk with anyone who wants to learn more. Maybe you want to start a 21 Enable in your state. We'd love to, we'd love to talk with you. You know what? Listen, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be it, great to replicate that? I know you'd love that, Mary Esther. Oh, absolutely. Because, oh, I know you would love that, Allegheny 365. <laughs> that would be so great. You know, that is such a good idea. I'm going to talk about this again on our show. So if you're interested, you get in touch with me. If you can't reach uh, someone at the United Way, and I'll connect you to all the right people. So don't, don't, don't forget about that. Um, so, Heather, over the past year, this project, what would you say has been the greatest accomplishment? So I, think, I think we're 
I'm going to say two things, even though you only said one. One is the numbers, you know, and reaching, you know, we've reached almost 750 people in two and a half years um, about these great jobs, and we're just getting started. You know, we want to see those numbers increase. We want to bring on more companies. We want to, we want to replicate this model as far as we can. There's just so much more to do. Um, the second accomplishment, and, and maybe even more so, is how much energy we've been able to create locally around this work with such wonderful partners like Allegheny County, like the University of Pittsburgh, Giant Eagle, as well as what we didn't talk about was our Office of Vocational Rehabilitation in Pittsburgh is an amazing partner of ours, as is um, the Kessler Foundation out of New Jersey. They're giving us some foundation support for this work. And we've really seen people just get very excited about this again and really... Um, um, it's a wonderful partnership and really approaching this from both program and policy levels. And we really think that's how we'll change the system. And, you know, we do have uh, just oh, so many great organizations in Pittsburgh, but we have a great, as you said, vocational rehabilitation partner. Um, is that who works with you the most, referring people? It is, it is, they are a huge referral source for us, and they've been really creative. Our, our Pittsburgh office has been really creative in terms of how they're working with us and, and really hand-in-glove. We also do work with a lot of the job coach agencies in the Pittsburgh area as well as the high schools. So we are sourcing candidates from a lot of places, but OVR is certainly one of those lead partners. Okay, and then Kessler. I love the Kessler Foundation. I was actually on the advisory board uh, when they were several years ago when they were making decisions on who they were giving grants to. The people there are awesome. I mean, from the CEO to Elaine Katz, I love her, uh, and they are all about employment. That's really what it's all about with them, employment. They are great to work with, so kudos to them also. So, Mary Esther, what message do you want to leave with our listeners today? I would hope that all our listeners would really embrace this embedded model in their communities because if we are truly going to achieve the desired outcomes of the Americans with Disability Act, it cannot just be about addressing the moral imperative, but it really must be about engaging individuals with various abilities to build the economic vitality of our region, and most importantly, of our America. It can be realized. We can achieve it. And I would hope that all our listeners would join us on this journey of the embedded professional. I so agree. I so agree. And I want to thank both of you uh, for being on the show today and talking about this great program. And one more time, Heather, what is the website? The website is um, www.uw, S is in Sam, W, P is in Paul, A, dot O-R-G. So it's the acronym for United Way of Southwestern Pennsylvania, dot org. And I'm thinking probably if you put any of that in Google, it's going to come up. Or you can Google 21 Enable. You'll find it. We're, we're not that hard to find. So, yeah, absolutely. You could Google 21 Enable, United Way Pittsburgh, Southwestern PA, United Way, any of it. You will, you will find us. You know, I forgot to ask you a question. You are a not-for-profit, so can people make a contribution? 
Absolutely, yes. And if you and if you get on that website, you'll see the place where you can donate. You can designate to Twenty One Enable. You can designate to our work with people with disabilities more broadly, um, and we really appreciate that. All that support goes directly into the programs like the one we talked about today. Okay. You know, you can give up that Starbucks and make a contribution. Once again, go to 21 Enable, get to the page, make a contribution. Don't forget about that point. Uh, Well, we end every show with a quote, and today this just seems so appropriate for this show. And the quote is from Tony Quello, who said, Work gives us dignity. And that is what it is all about. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.